and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest podcast on planet Earth. This is the No Size Podcast with your hosts, Logan Steele and Austin Cavalier. Welcome to the show. Happy Wednesday. We have Matt Salampa with us. What's up, Matt? How are you guys? Thanks for the invite. So one thing we do when someone comes on the show, we'd like to make them do a self-introduction. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I can introduce you for you, but uh, how would you describe yourself, Matt? What do you do and uh, what are your interests? Well, my name is Matt Salampa. So you got one point already for pronouncing my name correctly. Nice. Um, I, um, I've lived in Des Moines my whole life. Married, two kids, five-year-old twins. They just turned five. I just turned 35. Um, and I basically just tumbleweed through life with Julie, you know. <laughs> our, life, our life is a controlled dumpster fire. That's what I tell people, you know. Usually it's just <laughs> it's, uh, all kinds of stuff thrown in, and you light a match and throw it in, and we just try to, to keep it from getting too out of hand, so... I don't know. We, we involved in a lot of different things. And so, so Logan and I both went to school with you, obviously. And my first, my first, uh, I guess interactions with you were probably through like the reading about you in the paper. You had that column. <laughs> yep. You had a column in like our, uh, our high school newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Was it called the slappy way? Yeah. 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 Dude, straight comedy gold. And a lot of things in there, I don't think, uh, could have been written today. Dude, I was, I, <laughs> my mom, my mom uh, was cleaning at her house, and she uh, recently moved, and she's like, hey, I found all your old newspaper articles, and some of the heinous shit that I would say, I mean, it's one of those things, you know, uh, Carson King, you know, when they dug yeah. back in his his past of all of his Facebook posts and just canceled them yeah raked him over the coals i'm like i would be so fucked <laughs> if people went back but i mean it was it was different times you know and it's uh it w sounds weird saying that usually it's our parents saying it was different times back then but even now it changed think, changed every, quick yeah. everything evolves yeah. yeah i remember it was like the only reason i picked up the paper <laughs> i like, didn't even know we had a paper to be honest yeah with it was like the only good thing in there yeah it Sorry. was uh she kind of just uh the editor turned me loose and and allowed me to make a fool of myself. And I think that's when I, uh, I realized I'm not for everyone. You know, <laughs> a lot of people didn't like me. You don't have to be. Yep. And then, uh, in, in recent years, when did I, when did I cross paths with you again? Was it, was it through the gym? I think so. I think, uh, when Nick joined the gym yep. and then you came out and I was like, Holy shit, I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah. So probably the gym. Yeah. I remember when I first moved back, I went to the campus because mm -hmm. that was like both of our old stomping grounds. I was just looking for a gym, you know? And I remember I walked in there and there were like, there were a ton of young kids flexing in the mirrors. <laughs> and I was like, I can't fucking work out here. <laughs> and then I don't know how I found out about Brick House. I think you guys had just built it or something. I don't know. Somebody told me about it. Yeah. Five years ago, um, January 1st was the new building. So. I guess I should give everybody a backstory. What, what is your position there? Uh, so how would you describe that? Yeah. So, uh, my wife, Julie and I, we just manage it, you know, yeah. we're the, we run the gym, yeah. um, pretty unique scenario. Um, you know, you could probably write a book on the, 
the beginnings of the gym and you know long story short people won the iowa lottery um a couple hundred million dollars and i trained them and a couple years later they approached me and julie and said hey we are trying to invest in our our small town yeah and uh, i was like bondurant like, that's like bastard stepchild of Altoona, <laughs> you know, like I, I growing up at Southeast Polk, it's like three people you knew went to Bondurant and one of them was a kid who their school wasn't big enough for a sport. <laughs> so they just came over and you're like, who, who are you? But, um, I mean, that was before we had kids. We just got married and Julie's like, we're doing it. So, um, so we took them up on their offer. So perfect ideal scenario. They're very hands off. They just say, run it like it's your own. And fortunately we, uh, it's a once in a lifetime situation. So. I think it's interesting too, because like, man, if if I if I thought of someone to build a perfect gym, it's you. <laughs> like, I mean that in a complimentary sense. It's interesting the way you put it together, the way the way you've selected certain equipment, the way you've like you've listened to members. Mm-hmm. Most gyms don't listen to the people that are there. You know, here's the thing about the gym industry: you have um, it, most gyms are owned. You either have a, a really small gym owned by someone who's like big in into fitness and health, and it's their passion, and they're mo- usually dirt poor. They live in the gym. Yeah, like, they're like, I would rather work eighty hours a week, making twenty five grand a year, and be here than be tied to a corporate structure and make three times the amount working for someone else. Like, right. usually that's you know, there's multiple gyms around here that are like that, and or it's a really big corporate rec center and the people tasked with running it or the people who invest into it, they don't really have a big affiliation with health and fitness. It's a business venture, you know, and every so often you find places that seem to be working well. And it's where the people who make the decisions have the connection to the fitness community, you know? Yeah. So I've, I've worked in quite a few places and you just take a little bit of the things you like and a little things you don't like and, and, uh, mesh them, you know, it, it's funny. My brother, Jason, um, he called me the other night and he was like, holy shit. I went to Matt's gym and I was like, yeah, he's like, I didn't know it was like that. And I was like, what do you think it was? He said, I thought it was like in a, like a strip mall. I thought it was like a group fitness facility in a strip mall. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, I've been going there. I've been telling you how nice it is. And he's like, man, I was really impressed. He's a hard guy to please too. I mean, he, he said he he's really, really impressed. Yeah. It's, they, it's a beautiful space. They, uh, spared no, um, spared nothing when they put it together, yeah. you know, which, uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty sweet scenario. I can't tell you how many gyms I've done work for. I'm at least, I bet 30 or 40 I've done work for. And within two years I'm back there taking mirrors off the wall because I failed. It's probably like the restaurant industry, right? Yeah. I mean, I, at least that. Well, and there's something interesting about that because you're like the king of finding deals on equipment, (laughs) right? (laughs) Dude, uh, there's machines in your gym with University of Florida asset tags on there. Yeah. And I'm not talking a little, little machine. I'm talking like, what's that thing weigh? Oh, I mean, it's a, it's a big ass hammer strength. And how does that get from Florida to Iowa? Well, we, um, that's a weird deal. I don't, it's, it's crazy. Like if you stick around in any industry, I mean, how long have you been in the industry you're in? 12, 12, 13 years. How about you? Six. 
you know, if you, you pass the 10 year mark and you get to know the people who are also past the 10 year mark, yeah. you know, like we talk about the 10 plus and the 20 plus. So people who've been in an industry for 10 years or more, they're, they're doing things right, hopefully. And if you've been in it for more than 20 years, you're like an OG and, wow. and people come to you for, for help. But, um, you know, I'm like at the 15 year mark. And so the gym was around, you know, year 10. So you just start leaning on all your connections and in college, um, there was a big outfit that power lift equipment that we used. And I called them up when we were doing the gym. They're like, Oh yeah, come on out. They're based out of Iowa, but they supply all the equipment to most professional teams, most big universities. And you know, a new coach gets hired, a head coach and they're like, man, they'll just wipe out half the staff <laughs> say, Hey, I want all new equipment. And they'll trade in all this ungodly equipment back into power lift and they'll buy all new stuff. Crazy. So they just have warehouses of this used equipment and they're it's their used stuff is usually still more expensive than brand new of other brands, but you don't want to skimp on brands. So right. we have stuff from the Texas Longhorns, <laughs> Washington Redskins, the Washington football team. So that's oh, how yeah. it comes back. It, yeah. comes, it comes back. It's traded back in. So uh, I'm a, I'm a deal hunter. You know, I, uh, you look at the gym uh, the money that put that gym together did not come out of our bank account, right? <laughs> you know. So uh, when it's when I my goal, the one thing I had control on putting that gym together was equipment expense, mm -hmm. and I wanted my goal was a hundred grand. I want to fill the whole entire gym for under a hundred grand, and it was like a hundred and twelve, but it was probably five hundred thousand dollars in equipment, you know, retail. Oh, it's beautiful. But everything has a story, and you care more. I think, you know, you care more about it when you hunt it down, and yeah. So without getting too much into the weeds, cause I, I love the gym. Uh, I want to get more about your backstory. Like what, what got you into fitness and what's kept you in it? Um, you know, I've always been what my mom says, a husky boy. I was hoping you'd say this, <laughs> you know, a husky boy, <laughs> you know, back in, uh, Dude, they had a husky section at Coles. They did. I yeah, you're big bone. Yeah. You ain't fat. You're big bone. Big you know, bones. every generation has their way of weaseling around the word fat, you know, like husky, big boned, you know, portly, healthy. You know, I've been so, called every one of them. Yeah. They're just like, so, you know, growing up, I, uh, I fucking hated going to the pool at kids club. Club, you know, I'm just sitting there, you know, you got to take your shirt off and get lathered up with fucking sunscreen and all these people are looking at you like from, from as far as I can remember, I just, I, I was always chubby. So, um, when I was in high school, hit like a, a spurt where I ran, you know, a bunch and, um, a really good buddy of mine, Devin, we have always been like each other's workout partners, but lost like 75 pounds. That's and, so much. Uh, yeah. Fucking did it horrible too. Like <laughs> wore a sweatsuit oh. and ate beef jerky for two weeks and Seriously? just ran my ass <laughs> off. It was horrible. Oh my God. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> dude. Poor organs. Yeah. You know, and then you, you like, you watch a Rocky clip and you're like, fuck yeah. And you put a hoodie on and you go run <laughs> yeah. and you're not doing anything right. And it was, just, you're, and it, it, it takes its toll on you. Of course, gained it all back and then some. Right. Um, you know, I have horrible, horrible obstructive sleep apnea, and that was a big thing, you know, uh, uh, encouraged me to lose a bunch of weight. So I rode the roller coaster up and down, and and then in college, it was one of those conversations that just changed the direction of your life. And I was talking to a strength 
the guy was a strength coach at Grandview where I went. And uh, I was like, I was lifting in the weight room. I was like, hey, man, you a strength coach? He's like, eh, yeah, kind of. Why? I'm like, well, I, w- I want to learn how to get my, you know, work on my bench. Because, again, I had fucking man titties, and I want to, like, how do I, how do I get a big chest? Yep. He's like, well, how many pull-ups can you do? So I, like, hung from the bar and, like, kicked my legs, and I couldn't do one. <laughs> it was fucking pathetic. And he's like, well, why don't you work on doing a pull-up before you worry about your chest? You get a strong back, your shoulders will pull back, and your chest will look bigger anyway. Wow. And he's like, well, what's your major? And I was in business, and he's like, oh, never mind. I'm like, why, what? He's like, well, we're putting together a strength and conditioning program, and I need help. So it's like, if, you, if you're interested, show up. Shadow. So I showed up in college 6 a.m., three days a week, stood against a wall and watched him train group, train uh, women's basketball and women's soccer. And uh, he's like, he said, you're going to show up and you're going to stand against a wall and you're not going to fucking say anything. You're not allowed to talk to anyone. You're not allowed to give anybody any cues. You're not going to take your muscle and fitness knowledge and bring it in and try and change anybody's life. You just sit there and watch. I'm like, okay. Wow. Yeah, dude. And uh, so I did. And I remember the first time uh, he brought me and he's like, see that girl over there? Like, yeah. She's doing barbell step up. She's like, what's she doing wrong? Like, uh, um, uh, she's, she's not plant, plant, planting her foot on the, the box well enough. He goes, go tell her. Oh, fuck. Well, I was like a sophomore in college and this is a senior, a starting senior girl. <laughs> it's like, Pit started sweating. I'm like, oh, hey, uh, if you if you want to if you want to you can do this. She's like, oh, thanks. I'm like, holy shit, okay, I can do this. So fast forward, you know, I get a I had a really non traditional introduction. The next year, Grandview brought on their football and wrestling team, built out a state of the art strength conditioning room, and I was like the assistant coach. Really, at like 20 years old. You know, you had scholarship athletes and I had to write their programs and deliver them like just crazy shit. Like now I go to strength and conditioning conferences and I was so, I was in so underqualified, (laughs) so underqualified, dude. Isn't that so interesting though, that nobody is good when you start at anything. Like you don't, you don't, you're not born good at anything. Dude, just fake it till you make it. Yeah. I mean, isn't that so true though? Yeah, I was just like, you have to work at something to become good at anything. Yeah. And that, you know, that pretty much just explains like the next 10 years, just people throwing out opportunities to me and um, just not being afraid to say, yeah, and everything. Luckily, everything's worked out, or at least I like where I'm at now, you know. I, I think you're super knowledgeable, man. And I think your approach to it is is different than what I see in the mainstream. You're kind of a no bullshit guy. Um, and some of your... <laughs> Some of your posts on social media are thought provoking and you poke the bear, which <laughs> I love. I love that. But you're not, you're not worried. You're not afraid to um, ad- admit reality. Like you get these people in your industry that um, they're just not relatable whatsoever. You had a post one time about drinking beer in the sauna. Mm-hmm. Y- you did like a selfie. <laughs> you were like sanding or like reconditioning your sauna and you had a beer in your hand or whatever. I- I'm probably messing up the specifics of this, but um, I think you said something and correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you were willing to write a program about um, maybe coaching someone in the sauna about drinking beer. Was, was that something in that post? Uh, probably. <clears throat> you're, you're a re- realistic guy. Um, but like I've taken your classes too, and I've I've been on the floor dying after them. So you know how to push people. 
I don't know. I just think your approach to this industry is is different than what I've seen. And I just appreciate it. Well, I think that probably attributed to in the college setting, it's a whole different world. Yeah. Like if, if you've been in college athletics at a small private university that I was at, it is, you don't, you do not care what people look like. You don't care. You have a job and your body is a tool and you have a task to carry out. Yeah. And you would see these people who would come in who in a gym, you probably wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't look at them like, oh, wow, you know, that, that's a, a strong or a lean looking person, but they would fucking destroy you in every aspect of fitness. They were strong. They were powerful. They were fast. They were flexible, but they didn't, nobody like spotlighted that physique. And, um, then when I went into mainstream fitness and I went into a big community gym, I trained at what was praised was not performance. You know, it was what's praised was appearance. And dude, I, I, even if I got down to like 7% body fat, I'm not an appealing looking figure. I'm a fucking refrigerator. You know, like I, you know, that was something I really had to be real with. I'm like, dude, That's I great. could, I could just be, I could work as hard as I possibly can. And I would probably hate where I got. And so then, you know, I just, I, tra I train real people and I've gotten so many comments over the years where people say, I stick with you because you're, you're like me, yeah. you know, and there's this saying like people admire perfection, but they relate to imperfection. And you see these people and all the shit you, you read about, it's like people don't make mistakes and they admire that, but it's like, dude, I'm a fuck up. Yeah. Like I said, I'm a dumpster fire. Man, are, <laughs> you know, like, are you still training people one-on-one? -on -one? A little bit. Is you that, know? is that, is that a thing? Yeah. From time to time. You know, the hard thing when we opened the gym, the finance guy that really helped steer it, he said, you guys have to work for the gym instead of in the gym. And that was really hard for me because I'm a workhorse. I want to be on the floor. I fucking hate being on a computer. I hate being in the office. I just, but he said, the money to be made on a large scale, if you want to keep this thing afloat is in building connections and relationships and marketing. And, you know, you can make, the, you could make the gym 60 or 70 bucks an hour training one person. Right. Or you have to get your ass out and start talking to the community and, and advocating for the effort. And that was tough, dude. And that's where I think a lot of people that just, you know, they, they want to work in the business instead of for the business. And I think that's every business though. Yeah, it is. I'd much rather not deal with anything and just go work and you can't do it. I mean, Someone has to be bringing the business in. That's right. Keeping it afloat. Or yeah. And I think that's where people get a little animosity built up because the people who are good working for the business and can bring the money in, they are sometimes praised. It's like, I'm, I'm the person here working hard. I'm, I'm out yeah. doing the job. I'm the grunt, you know, and you don't, you, you shit on me. It's like, no, you're, you're important. You're a piece of the puzzle. You are, but yeah. also you have to look at, if someone's, if someone signs a, a, hundred thousand dollar contract like that's a big guaranteed income yeah so like you said it's a piece of the puzzle and yeah. i sometimes you got to put on the hat that you don't want to wear i i hate it but you got to do it you know how many hours do you, you think you're working a week you know it's it's hard to answer that because it's spread out yeah 
over all kinds of stuff. Like every, almost everything we do somehow ties back to the gym. I've noticed that it's kind of cool to see you and your family interact there though. Like, uh, you have a very like close connection to the gym. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I just, you're probably right though. You do events, you're doing all sorts of stuff. It all, it all does filter back, doesn't it? Like Julie's a, a board member for the Chamber of Commerce and I'm on city council and even that stuff. I mean, it's like, I don't. I forgot you got elected. <laughs> you know, it's like, honestly, I, I will sit there and tell anybody who asks, like, I don't want to be on city council for like my own personal reasons. It's just necessary to stay plugged in. If I'm going to responsibly run this business that was put in our laps, I have to do that shit. And I'm not, it wasn't my goal. Like I, I am the least political person. Like the, what I'm wearing, these sweatpants and the sweatshirt, this is what I wear to city council meeting. <laughs> Are you that. kidding me? I'm, yeah, dude. I'm like, I I'm love get, it. I'm getting off work. Yeah. Who's to say what, who's to say what is professional business attire? I'm leaving here and <laughs> he's at like five. The, he's like that one guy. Who's that really tall guy that ran for Festerman? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> the whole goddamn time. Dude, I need what to is, roll my eyebrow. Like, oh, man, that guy's huh? scary. I mean, he's a scary looking dude. dude. He looks like an axe murderer. Oh, he's a, <laughs> he's definitely he's from the Adams family. Something out of the Adams family for sure, man. It's some, sometimes I wonder if it's just an act he's putting on. Oh, it's something to goofy. Just, he's just like. I, I mean, he had a stroke. <laughs> I don't think it's an act. Yeah. Something I mean, is. I mean, he's full blown out there. He's committed, dude. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah. Well, that's cool. Plus, uh, I think you're single-handedly probably the reason why golf carts got approved, yeah. right? Is that, oh, did you push yeah. that through? Was that your idea, or what was the deal there? So here's how that started: pumping I, uh, your business up for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Let's uh, let's bring that up. Um, sold so many golf carts in Bondurant. Yeah, so many. So, do you want to tell the name of your business real quick? Your golf cart. There business? is no name. It's just some dude in a garage selling <laughs> golf carts. Okay, so some dude in a garage. Yeah. In a robe. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, we got a golf cart and I just started driving the fucker around, you know, yeah, wasn't, I was not on city council. I was just driving this golf cart around and, uh, got pulled over one day. I successfully just for like two months drove this thing. And one day, um, you know, a cop pulls me over. He's like, can't do this. I'm like, why? Well, you know, he's telling me the law. I'm like, well, how, how can I get around that? Because I know Obviously, some communities do it. Yeah. And uh, he's like, we can call up to City Hall and do an ordinance. And then it became a challenge to me. You know, like I would assume you guys and a lot of people, they're like, if you tell me no, I'm like, (laughs) God damn. Okay. I really didn't want to do this, but now I have to, you know. So we called a couple of small towns and got information on how to get a golf cart ordinance passed. And I went to to City Council, proposed it. They heard me out. Like a month later, um, I put my name on the ballot because somebody had said, hey, there's a vacancy. We think you'd be a good perspective to be on the board. And then I ended up getting elected because um, all I needed was one vote. (laughs) It was like, (laughs) there's two spots. That's another thing. It's like people want to bitch. I'm like, dude, there was two spots. And two people put their name down. (laughs) Really? Yeah, dude. So it was, you know. Um, I'm not who you want, but I'm the guy who showed up and wrote his name in, you know? Yeah. But, uh, then it, it went, ended up getting <laughs> voted in. It was pretty confrontational. It was like really three yeses to two no's. Oh man. And, um, 
And I really think at the time people just envisioned like mass anarchy of just golf carts ablaze (laughs) covered in graffiti tags, like launching across private property (laughs) and just gangbangers. I'm like, it's going to be like 60 years. I'm probably going to be the youngest person driving this thing. And, uh, and you know, at one point a guy's like, Oh, I think the only reason, only reason that guy even did city council is so he could pass his golf cart. I'm like this, that would totally be yeah. the worst return on any investment <laughs> of my time I've ever made. Man. Well, what's, what's the highest speed limit in Bonnery 30? There's a couple busy roads that does add to it. There are some busy highway roads, you know, so there, there was a, there were a lot of good arguments and I said, Hey, I would love to have it. If you guys vote, no, I understand why. Yeah. And they passed it. And we just recently two meetings ago, voted on the sunset clause and it passed all five votes. What's the sunset clause? So you put on like a, um, you basically ask, um, we're going to give a trial period oh, yeah. or like a, a test run and the votes that passed it end at a certain date and you have to vote it back in. Yeah. So you'll have that on like fireworks and right. different stuff like that where they're like, eh, I don't know. We'll try it. So I remember when you came to me and you're like, what would you recommend? And I told you my honest thoughts are that I think all towns or local cities, let's not say Des Moines, but like smaller suburbs, Altoona, I think should have legal golf carts. The one thing that ruins it for every town is kids. Yeah. Because even in my neighborhood here, I've seen kids riding around on golf carts. And while I don't really care, mm-hmm. I can... I know in my mind that what everybody else is thinking is that's wrong. Well, it takes one fuck up to ruin the whole thing. It's all it takes. There's a gal, there's a gal (laughs) pulled into my driveway one time with like a younger child in the basket, like in the, (laughs) in the sweater basket in the back of right before, before the club, the clubs. And then a uh, kid on the back tied into the club holder with the, uh, the club seatbelt thing. And I was like, first, first thing I thought of, is a car hitting them. Yeah. That little kid, both kids are dead. dead. Every, everyone's dead. dead. But like the fact that the kid in the back is cut in half and that poor kid in the basket is, is just, it's just, it, it's not the right place to put people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be more comfortable with them in like a flat seat. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, that's, you just don't put young children unsecured in a basket like that. Like, And they had, a, they wrote a lot of, our city administrator did a great job, like putting guidelines around it, like yeah. seat belts, brakes, lights. All I think, that. You, I think you guys, I think you guys did it right. I really do. So I just got back from vacation in the whole island. You could take <laughs> golf carts. That's my dream. Were, yeah, dude, I did. I ran one and fucking just cruised around. But so like the whole island, everything, essentially everything was 35 and under. And then once you got away from like the developed parts and it sped up, but the law was you could only take the golf cart on a road that was 35 and under. Yeah. Anything above that you can't. Which I think is great. Yeah. It's a smart way. Just smart way. I think it saves the parking. I think it's a more economical choice. I think it's, it's great for uh, community connectivity. It is. And that was my big thing. That's why I have advocated. I'm like, okay, I don't drive a lot anyway, so I'm not, I'm not worried about saving gas. The coolest day of the entire summer, the coolest day. Me and Julie got in the golf cart. Kids got on the back seat, belted up, and we drove to the uh, um, local grocery store to Brick Street. We got a... Hey, pup. Pause. There you're good. <laughs> but uh, the the best day was going to... Brick Street. <laughs> 
was driving to Brick Street and loaded the kids up, me and Julie. We went and got ice cream, and then we went to the park, and then um, we drove around and um, visited a couple elderly people in town all on the golf cart, and it was just like a cool Saturday afternoon. Oh, that's great. You know, and, and I think people, one lady's like, oh, get a bike. That was one of the complaints on Facebook. If you want to, if you want to see the city, get a bike. I'm like, oh, believe I have a, believe me, I have a fucking bike. Like right. I, I ride my bicycle every day. <laughs> so I grew up in the country where you just drove on a gravel road for something to do. Right. You know, you gravel traveled yeah. and to get in a golf cart. Sorry if that's stupid fun to you, but I'd rather drive a golf cart around than watch TV. Oh, um, that's great. So. No, I, I love, I love having one. They're, they're just, they're super fun. It's, it's great that your town has that, that connectivity. I think it's badass. You get to drive yours to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Dude, I'm living, I'm, I'm slowly turning into like a senior citizen already. <laughs> like I just drive my golf cart and I wear my house slippers and sweatpants. That's great. <laughs> no, you're, you're unapologetically you, man, which is, which is, which is hard to find. Yeah. You got a cool spot there too. Yeah. I did some work in that house back when buddy owned it, Travis. Oh yeah. 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 That's been a trip. Well, and your kitchen is, is way cool. Here's the other thing that I like about you. Um, you, you attack projects your own way. <laughs> you really do. And you're not afraid to get your hands dirty. Like I am like, I'll, I'll look at a project and I'll be like, ah, I'm underqualified for this. You won't, you will, you'll say, no, I'm, I'm doing this my way. And I want to, I, I want to have it, uh, involvement in this. Did you do that kitchen yourself or did you have to bring in some help? Part of it we did. Okay. Um, the tile, we had a, a friend, Niles Bailey, uh, that we met through the gym. He did the tile. And uh, the sheetrock and stuff. So I'm I'm good at like rough shit. Yeah. I wouldn't even say I'm good at that. I'll do the rough shit. Yeah. Um, anything that requires um, a substantial amount of money. And to me, that's over like a thousand bucks. Like if the labor, like electric, I don't, you know. Our, yeah. our first house is a foreclosure in East Des Moines. We lucked out. It was simple. All this stuff was cosmetic, you know laminate we changed out the flooring and painted the house and stuff like that and then uh as we move from house to house projects get bigger and bigger and i i'm not afraid to pay for the big shit yeah you know kitchen looks awesome thank you yeah thank you it's funny uh your wife one day like texted brandon and i and uh she's like hey matt's out of town i need you to come move something so we show up at your house and we're like like, what are we doing? You Never know? heard the story. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think the, I think, was she trying to surprise you by, by doing the demo? We moved a fridge out of your house. In the house we're in now. In the house you're in now. Brandon Johnson and I, and uh, it was a motherfucker. Because <laughs> the doorways were smaller then. You, yep. You've widened everything out yep. in there. I think... Man, we were taking doors off hinges and doors off of the refrigerator. And Here's I, something about my wife. She's she, awesome, dude. She's, uh, you know, most of the stuff we do is because she either encourages it or, like, gets it started. I was just telling somebody yesterday, when we lived in Des Moines, um, I was afraid to take naps because all the big <laughs> projects we did, she started when I was sleeping. So I would wake up on the couch and I remember one time I woke up off the couch and I look in our driveway and there's a fucking dump truck in our driveway, like a big one. I'm like, what in the hell? So I'm like walking out in my underwear, you know, and it's like my son's blinding me. I'm like, what are you doing? And she's on the garage roof 
scraping shingles off. <laughs> She's like, I told you we're going to do the, the garage roof. We need to get it done. And we have, we have a couple days where we're not as busy as usual. And uh, so that's how the garage got re-roofed. And same shit. I was laying in our, our room one day taking a nap, and I walk out, and all our carpet's gone out of our house. <laughs> that's great. It's awesome. So, yeah. I love it. How, uh, so you teach classes, are, are you in there every day or do you guys split it up a little bit? Um, we, we split, I usually spend most of my time at the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Yeah, you know, and then, um, Julie's Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, um, with the kids right now, you know, one of our main things when we set the gym up, we, we let the people who invested in it know, like we found out we were, cause we, we had a first, uh, an initial spot. 2014 to 2019, we had a small gym. And next to the grocery store, Yeah, right? Yeah, it was like a little 3,000-square-foot studio. We ran group classes. And then they said, with the rate of growth in the community, we want to build a bigger one. Yeah. So we sat down at the drawing board and, and planned it out. And we found <laughs> out that uh, we found out we were doing the gym. The gym was going to open three weeks after the kids were going to be born. Oh, Jesus. So Julie had the twins and we were conducting interviews and doing staff training with babies in our, in our arms, oh you know, like, you know, which probably comes to no surprise, you know, being there at the gym, it's like, Hey, uh, uh, can you hold my kid? Dude, your kids are hilarious. You know, like right before your interview, will you hold my, my two week old daughter? And they're like, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think part of the reason we are just, rough around the edges and try don't try not to hide that stuff is people find out sooner or later. And I don't want anybody to think, wow, this is not what I expected a month ago. You know, yeah. I'm, <laughs> dude, I would rather you tell me now to fuck off. Than- dude, your gym is such a value to you. Like your, your, your free weight and cardio facility is great. And then it was Bailey that like started to push me into like the group fitness classes you run. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Like I don't think I got the, I don't think, I think someone tried to offer me the full tour and I, I probably told him to go fuck themselves, <laughs> yeah. which is pretty, uh, that's pretty me. But, um, I didn't realize the classes were included. I thought she was paying extra for those. And I was like, this is included with my membership. Like this yeah. is crazy. But every class I'm just dying on the floor afterwards. It's Julie's are worse than yours. Oh, by her nickname's Julie bootcamp. Like she <laughs> crazy. She's an, she is an ass kicker. She'll mess you up. And it's funny over the years, you know, you get people in the gym and they're like, what's it, what's it like? What's it like being married to someone who's more badass than you? And I'm like, I mean, it's, that's my life. Right. You know, like I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. She's. Can we talk about the body temper thing? Yeah. I think that's super cool. Yeah. How'd you, how'd that start? Like, how did that begin? Um, or should we, and maybe tell people what the fuck it is. Cause it's, it's totally weird and it's worked wonders for me. So I, I don't know how you want to start that, but I guess the, you know, working in the working and living in the gym and, you know, using your body, you know, I did odds and ends jobs and heating and cooling for a while. You just get aches and pains and I would go get massages and stuff like that. And I just always felt robbed when I would leave, when I would leave the massage I felt like, and I was like, oh yeah, cool. Thanks. You know, and yeah. oh, that was great. And it was just what you're supposed to do. You know, if you had a tight muscle, you just went and got a massage. And, but if I was honest with myself, there was, there was one big Samoan lady 
tempered out, or a massage out of uh, Des Moines Jiu Jitsu. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. So strong. Really? Yeah. Her name was Katie. Did you do Des Moines Jiu Jitsu? No. Oh. I just found, I don't even know how I found Interesting. her. Interesting. I was down there for a while. Yeah. So her and then another lady that we've known for a long time, uh, Kelly Johnson. Um, but other than that, every, every massage, I'm just like, it's not what I'm looking for. And then um, when I saw tempering, I was like, I feel like if somebody could just hold a weight, a really heavy weight on me for a long time. Dude, Logan, you got to do this. <laughs> it's like, not, yeah. You got to, you got to go to Matt. Just scared about the shoulders. Oh, his shoulders. That's, that's a bread and butter right there. His shoulders Both are like, my rotator cuffs are, are torn. torn. Yeah. Dude. He needs an orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> yeah. Dig in there. I got to show you my boomstick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but I think long story short, I just saw it as a way to get something that I couldn't find anywhere else. And that was a tremendous amount of pressure on like five or six spots. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't need my fingertips, you know, and it, of course it feels good getting your temples rubbed, you know, and the bottom of your feet. That's great. But if I'm, I'm cheap. I, I don't want any of that. If I'm paying, if I'm paying you, if I'm taking time out of my day and I'm, you know, giving you 80, 90, a hundred bucks, I want every minute of that session being beneficial man you know so that's that's how we build out body tempering and it's uh we got in really early on the game i'm not going to be an asshole and say that we created the game we got in early enough to where we were able to help move it in specific directions um and it's growing now you know we've been able to do some business with some you know worldwide entities but did you get cody involved cody um, oh, Weaver. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, well, he, he initiated it on his own, but we trained him up. Yep. So it's cool to see how people taking it their own way, you know? And, um, it's, it's so true. Like when I go in for, I always request a deep tissue massage, but it's always funny. They're, they're like, how much pressure do you want? I'm like, all oh, hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> like I tell them that hurt me, you know? And, and it's so true. Like I don't need my temples or my you know head rubbed or like you said that your feet, like it doesn't matter. Dig your elbow into my back and release that 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 pressure. When I first came to you, I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> this is different." And it, once again, it kind of goes back. You're a big bearded tattooed guy with a giant piece of metal yeah. driving it into my back, and I'm yeah. like, "It's kind of intimidating." It is, and that's one of the big barriers uh, or things that we're working against. You know, and going all this, I, talking about this, I should say, massage has been around for thousands of years. And there's no replacement for, hum- for that's my flip phone. There's no replacement for human touch. I love that. You know, yeah. um, there's no replacement for human touch. And I don't want to take a shit on massa- the massage world. Right. But it has its place. And 95% of the people who come to us don't want massage. Yeah. They don't want a lymphatic massage or a spa treatment or, or any of that. Just put a lot of pressure on a spot. And that's when people ask me if it's like massage. No, it's not. And in the beginning, people are like, well, you're just trying to get away with doing it without having a license. I'm like, ask every massage therapist I've tempered. They'll tell you it's not massage. It's something different. So I posted about it after my first, like, what do you call it, body, body tempering session? Yep. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like, my, I have pressure, like, between my shoulder blades and my back. And I remember I, I came to you, like, all right, we're going to do all this different stuff. The one thing, you rolling the weight up and down your back. Anybody that's ever touched a foam roller, right? Oh, yeah. Dude, and you've said this. Like, If you're one of those people that have, have made love to a foam roller, I like when you said that. But like, I have, I'll sit there in a gym and just attack a foam roller on my back for 15 minutes. 
it's like that times a hundred. Yeah. Cause you, you're letting somebody else do the work. You're letting somebody else put all that weight on you. And that foam roller is just your weight on top of it. Mm-hmm. You loaded up a fuck ton of weight on my back and it's so weird. Like the muscle, and I'm probably talking out of turn here, sir. I'm sorry, Matt, but oh. it's funny. The, the the body, like the, the muscle fights the weight. And the way I described it was like, F-U-F-U-F-U-F-U-F-U. And then eventually the body's like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. And then it gives up. And that's where all the release comes from. So it, it totally was, I need to get back in there. Yeah, the guy who pioneered it, he just posted something the other day. And he said, uh, um, the muscle... The muscles will fight, but the weight will win. It's so great. I'll, I'll pay for your first one, Logan. <laughs> a lot, a lot better than my cupping and float tank. I, uh, I, I dude, I, I love me some float tank. Really, yeah. you've done it, yeah, dude. I'm a big float like, tank guy. I had like a, I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a hallucinogen, you know, like LSD kind of guy. But if I was. <laughs> Like I've had some of those weird experiences in that fucking float tank from like, oh, is it, I'm in outer space, bro. Is it that eye opening? What do you, what do you think? Yeah. I take a real strong edible and crawl on that. Bitch. <laughs> Dude, <I'm tired. laughs> yeah. I think I'd freak out and start punching my way out. like kill Bill. Dude, I'm, I love it. And I get out and it's just like, nope. It's the opposite. I guess there's no pressure on my body. So it kind of gives my joints a, a break. Almost. Yeah. I always feel better when I crawl out. Wow. It's it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's yeah. Cool. Do you go to fadeaway flotation? Yeah. That guy's like, welcome back. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, dude, come out first. Dude. He's like, welcome back. I'm like, dude, I felt like I was in outer space. Yeah. He's like a straight like hippie. Really? Oh, yeah. It's who you're turning into. <laughs> oh, don't start. Uh, and by the way, Austin's doing uh, yoga now. I yeah. love it. And he was, started his own garden where his <laughs> hot rod used to be. He's, he's got to send the the sand out there with yeah. him, right? his garden. Yeah. I I really love it. <laughs> I think it's because I'm so I'm, 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 my body is not flexible whatsoever, and so I think I'm experiencing stretches that I've never experienced, and it's just weird. It's just a weird sensation for me, and I'm a sweaty dude, so it's like it's almost like a religious experience expelling that much <laughs> toxins out of your body. I have to I have to wring my shirts out in the in the sink before I can put them in my gym bag. <laughs> How disgusting is that? So to paint a picture for me, like. Where do you, where do you go? Either East Village or downtown in Ingersoll. Power life. You have to be just the biggest guy there. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. So what's sure. it like for you walking in? Well, tell me about the first time you went into the I'd be nervous. class. So, yeah. so a couple things here. Uh, Bailey's been trying to get me go, get me to go to, for years. And uh, to her credit, she also has been trying to get me to go to classes with you. And I just always kind of stayed in the gym. So she, she got me back in there. And then I've, I've obviously gone a couple times without her. Um, She's been trying to do the same with yoga and she used to work there for a long period of time. I don't know what about me. It's my snoring that got me into this whole thing. But one day I just was on the way home and I turned off on that exit and signed up. And it's so weird. And I I should have taken her, I should have taken her up on it a long time ago because it would have been, it would have been much easier for me to go there with her, with her experience. Mm -hmm. It was super fucking intimidating. Yeah. I was scared to walk in the door. So looking back, I kind of regret not allowing her to help me into that process, but it was almost like something I had to do for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was scary. Every And then I remember like I did the the Power 1.0 class or Power, I don't know what you call it. I'm still new, but Power like 1. Beginners. It's, a, it's yeah. like a beginner level. Gotcha. And then like during my schedule, they had a Power 2. There's Power 1, Power 1.5, Power 2. 
I jumped right to power two. <laughs> of course. And I was super scared. And I even asked the lady, I'm like, am I qualified for this? I didn't know if they were going to be doing like backflips or <laughs> what was going to go. I don't even know what was going to go on. You know, she's like, you'll be fine. I ended up loving it. So it, it's, it's been, it's been interesting. Cause it was, it was just super scary and it's an atmosphere that's, that's maybe not conductive to a person like me. I'm very loud. I'm ob- obnoxious. I'm obtrusive. That place is very calm and relaxing <laughs> and accepting, you know? So. so I would actually like try it, but I would have to get my shoulders fixed beforehand when I, I do that. I don't know. I'm, I, yeah, you can ask Bailey. Bailey would tell you, she, she would know better, but um, it's great. Like it's, it fixes your brain too, which is weird. Like it calms you down. Yeah. I think any workout, like, you know how, like after a, even like a heavy weight session, you're, you're calm. Mm-hmm. You're kind of at peace. All those endorphins are released. It's like that, but I think a lot more aggressive. It's a lot more intense. Yeah. But yeah. Now you think I'm going to have to get a different bumper sticker and <laughs> put it on your Prius. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to get an electric Jeep. Start making jams and jellies. Yep. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to bring, have you, have you ever done yoga? Yeah. A couple you, times. you have. Yeah. A couple times I did, uh, you know, there was a fitness class yoga where they played like today's today's pop hits. Yeah. And then it was laced with like, oh, you know, like the meditation stuff. And I loved it. Like it was a watered down, diluted, very, anybody who's qualified in yoga be like, it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. That ain't yoga. And they, I'm like, I, didn't, I don't, you know. They do sculpt. Bailey and I went to sculpt and like uh, they, they use small weights. But it was funny. My first sculpt class. I saw a guy there that I knew and I told him, I was like, this is my first one. And he's like, Oh shit. Like get ready. Yeah. And I was like, what weights do I get? Cause like the heaviest are 10 pounds. Like I've never touched, well, mm-hmm. I've touched a 10 pound weight, like a, for a couple exercises, but it's a, it's the end of the weight rack. Like it's mm-hmm. the starting, maybe a five, but it's the starting element there. And I picked up sixes cause that's what he had. I walked up to him after the class and I was like, man, I could, I can bench a lot of weight. Six pound weights just kicked my ass. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of, it's kind of eye opening, but you know, back, back to the body tempering thing before we go too far off on that. It's uh, you have done a lot of innovating stuff. You made the cart. Can you tell the cart story? Cause that's, that's something that's like recognizable. Yeah. So, um, I, I did strength and conditioning coaching for a, a high school rugby team for about 10 years. And when I got, um, first started tempering, I have to haul all this shit out to the rugby pitch. And majority of the work I did was in the studio, but sometimes you got to chase business, you know, and um, I would be loading all this stuff up and these rollers weigh anywhere from 20 pounds to 110. And once you get past, honestly, once you get past 30 pounds, you can only carry one thing at a time because just the way they're shaped. So I would make all these trips back and forth to my truck rollers would get banged up. It would, I mean, it would wreck me. I'm going carrying all these weights and then performing body tempering on people and then carrying them back. And we would buy all these different garden carts and gorilla carts and they would break, you know, you'd take a corner sharp and the wheel would like, and then it'd snap. And then you, so whatever it was rated for, it wasn't what you're Not even close. Yeah. Not even close. And I had a small studio. I had tools all over the floor. So I just needed a way to clean it up, transport it. So, uh, lady that I work with, Jamie, her dad does like some fabricating in his garage and he, I drew up a design and he built me a cart 
and I posted it on Instagram. And it's funny because our Instagram following is not very big, but it produces, you know, we have like, at that time it was like 700 followers and the revenue that we've extracted out of that small group is incredible when you look at like what you think your social media presence has to be to make a difference. Right. You know, I, and I tell people that all the time with temporary, I'm like, dude, just post your shit and just don't be, don't be worried. Just, just document your journey. Just document it. If for nothing else, it's for you to look back on. But anyway, messages and messages and comments, like, where'd you get that cart? How can I get one? I'm a strength coach. Cause a lot of these people, they wear like three hats, you know, they're a strength coach, private practice, and they also do some work at a university and they're a personal trainer and yeah. they're moving all this shit around. And then one day I'm sitting in my office and, uh, I get a call from the owners of Admat, who's like an equipment company, you know? Yeah. And they're like, Hey, uh, you know, this is so-and-so from Admat. I'm like, Hey, like, we like your cart. Are you interested in talking to us about us producing it? I'm like, yeah, because it's a pain <laughs> in the fucking ass, man. Yeah. It's like, it's just, we were just talking today about the tools that we make, you know, with yep. your brother. Dude, it is a pain in the ass. When you look at the return you get on some of that stuff in the beginning, it's totally not worth it if you're looking at dollars an hour. But it's branding, you know. In the beginning, it's really just branding, and you have built a relationship where people buy something from you and, and you're now connected, you know, in a community this small and body tempering, but Admat took the card over and, and it took, took quite a while and they ended up producing it and now you can buy it online and uh, rogue fitness is going to take it on. So you'll be able to buy it on rogue fitness. Is, is Admat and rogue fitness related? Is it, is that a parent company and a, like a sister company or something? Or is that no, a, they're, they're two entirely different companies, but, um, there, if you if you cruise through Rogue's website, you'll see like uh, reoccurring businesses. You know, Kabuki Strength, Abmap. Um, I think there's one Perform Better or uh, um, Bigger, Faster, Stronger. But um, from what I understand, and I could be wrong, but I think you know, Abmap pitches the idea to to Rogue and gotcha. says, "Hey, we have this we have this piece of equipment." We think it would do well. Here's our track record on sales. Are you interested in carrying it on your website? And then Rogue says, yeah, sure. This is the price that we're willing to pay. Dude, that's just, it's fucking wild that you have a product like that on mainstream. Yeah. And it's, it's early in. It's, we're, we were like the first to the game. And I heard something on a podcast the other day. This guy said, um, if you're, if you're interested in, if you're worried about your return within the year, um, you know, you won't be able to uh, to do much. If you're worried about the return you'll get in 10 years, um, you'll make substantial gains. And if you're not worried about getting a return in your lifetime, that those are the people who change the world. And you think about doctors and Nobel Prize winners. Those are people that are like, my work isn't going to be complete until I've been dead for 50 years. Like Those are the people that you read about in books. But... But it was a good reminder to me, like a lot of the stuff we do, if, if we ever see any return, it won't be until years down the road. Really? No, it's just, just got to know. Is there any, is there any mention of your name on any of those products on the website at all or? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, so if you go to at the one, the tool cart, you know, it, uh, it gives a little bit of our backstory and they're a unique company. Like they give big shout outs to the people who they collaborate with products. It's, it's a, they're a good group of guys. 
Um, but you just kind of throw a dart at the wall and see Dude. which ones land. And we've done stuff that has been a total waste of fucking time and money. Really? Oh yeah. It's wild to see that you're making your own tools. I mean, that's, that's crazy too. Well, you know, it's, it's such a new industry that, I mean, every corner you turn, you can come up with a new idea. You you, know? And you got flown to Scotland, right? Ireland. Ireland. Mm-hmm. Just to meet with a company that wanted to learn from you, right? Yeah. Is yeah. that all social media based too? Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. You've incorporated some of those things into those classes and stuff too. Those kick my ass. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's a neat thing. Those it's rollers just, things. Just a totally new concept that people aren't familiar with. And I, uh, I like opening myself up to criticism. People for the most part, leave me alone. You know, they just, they, they, they leave me alone. I think you're a sharp, uh, well put together guy. And I think they're probably afraid to to hear the response. I think they're probably afraid to take you on. Yeah. And so I just, I, I do things that are easily criticized and, you know, some people I've had people over the years, I'll hear of rumblings through other people. Like (laughs) my my chiropractor said, stay away from you. You're a weirdo. (laughs) I don't even know who your chiropractor is. I don't even know. So, but, uh, I like, uh, you know, Julie and I both, we like to open ourselves up to, uh, to come under fire. And for the most part, you know, it's, we're pretty low key. People don't give us much shit. You said something right when you opened up that I really, really liked and agreed with for years before I made any money. I said yes to everything. Just did everything. And at the time, it afforded me, you know, keep the lights on in my house. I mean, that's about it. And now looking back on it from saying yes for so many different things, different opportunities. I have a, just a knowledge and so many different things and background and so many things. Um, is that how you kind of fell into this? It was just one of those situations where you're like, yeah, I want to check this out and yeah. worked out. Dude, I think for, for most people, it's like, who are you to say no? You know, like when you're young and somebody offers you the option, like who are you to say no? You're fucking broke. You don't have anything to do. Like you have so much time and I felt guilty. Like my mom and dad are the textbook definition of blue collar, like bust their ass. My dad didn't graduate high school. My mom didn't go to college. They just worked their fucking asses off my entire life and they helped put me through school. And, um, and I felt like, who am I to say no to these things? Like if, if my mom or dad were sitting next to me and some guy's like, Hey dude, I have this job or this opportunity. And I said, no, my dad would be like, "Hmm? Like, why? What, what, what do you have better to do? You know? And so you just, you just keep saying yes. And, um, as time goes on, you, I think people who do it right can eventually say no to things they don't want to do. But I see, I see a lot of people turning down shit and I'm like, you have no right to say no to that. I, I can't think of a single one that that turned out like badly. Like some were obviously not profitable. A lot of them weren't profitable, but I learned learned something, and it is worth it. I I always think I can't think of a single one that wasn't. That's why I always tell people just fucking say yes, grind. Why not? You know, especially when you're young and repurposing, 
I did it. Dude, I grinded so fucking hard for so many years. It sucked. <laughs> but what was the worst thing you did? So I used to do do glass coming out of the recession until I didn't have any more work to do, which a lot of days and you know, it could be noon or so. And I'd go join a framing crew and frame until dark. And then I'd run home, get cleaned up as fast as I could, and fly down to the bar and I'd bark it until two AM. <laughs> I fucking did that for Long while, dude. <laughs> You're still famous down there. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that was. I got a framing back, background, learned how to build a house, and everything, and years later it came full circle. And now I'm building two houses and throwing money in my pocket there. I built myself a house and saved myself. Thinking appraised at like a hundred, I can't remember what, hundred forty grand more than I built it for, just because I did everything myself and. I was probably getting paid fucking $10 an hour or something, but just the background knowledge fucking paid off and came full, full circle. You know, when you think about the guys, like dads, father figures, you know, the people, man of the house, if you will. When I grew up, like dads knew how to do that shit. Right. Like your dad, he just, he knew how to do that. And you're like, where did you learn that? He's like, Oh, let me tell your story. You <laughs> yeah. know, sit down kid. Yeah. And, um, and now the world is getting so specialized, you know, and you can hire those things out and, and, uh, it's kind of a lost commodity. Yeah. You know, my favorite job was working at a hard, Porter hardware and rental in the rental department in Des Moines. Yeah. That's a great store. Yeah, dude. And, uh, it was one of my favorite jobs. I worked there in college and the shit I learned working there. They've got so many things you can rent. <laughs> I love that place. Dude. I like- love it. Everything from a mower to a fucking scissor list. Yeah, <laughs> boom lift. That's the first place yeah. I heard of a concrete dildo. <laughs> what is that? It's like a you vibrating. Have a, yeah, the, yeah. You have like ah. a, a big thing that shakes the concrete so it settles. You know, this old boy. I'm there to rent a concrete dildo. Like <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> the guy, but the guy training me starts laughing. He's like, "Oh, Harold, he's new. He doesn't know what the fucking concrete dildo is." That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah. Are you doing any health goals right now that are different than usual? Yeah. What's going on with you? <laughs> um, you know. You're not drinking beer. No. I uh, I don't know, dude. It's been a weird year. It's been a real weird year with my kids. And uh, let me say something real quick. I, I love that you put out a post. You put it on Facebook, so I'm going to bring it up now. You had a great statement the other day, which I think everybody can relate to. But you said something on Facebook. I'm probably butchering it again, so correct me as I go along. But you said it's been so many years since you've had alcohol or since you've had liquor, mm-hmm. and uh, you only drink beer. When you drink, you still like consume beer. Uh, you're like it's very refreshing not have to wake up in the morning and apologize. And I, I read that post on Facebook, and I was like, dude, there's so much truth to that. Like if you're gonna be a dick, or if you're gonna say something stupid, or if you're gonna piss somebody off, nine times out of ten, I guarantee you, there a, a spirit, like a, oh, a yeah. alcoholic spirits involved with it. You can drink beer all night and be the happiest guy in the world. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's funny because I've been around you before trying to buy you a shot, and, <laughs> and you're you're shifty. You know, yeah. you're not gonna do it. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, is there any is there anything that you'd recommend for like a fitness goal? Like what? Sorry, I interrupted you. But uh, yeah, what are you what are you doing right now as far as that? Some fitness stuff, um, some dietary restrictions. You know, I'm like, I'm probably the most average fuck you could find in the gym. <laughs> you know, like I'm not strong. I'm not cut. I'm not fast. I'm not anything. 
<laughs> but somehow I'm in charge of <laughs> running this business with Julie. But um, right now I'm doing a, in March, I'm doing my first ever powerlifting meet. Really? And, yeah. And it's the guy at the gym asked me if I wanted to do it with him. I'm, so I haven't drank alcohol in like four months. That was what I was alluding to. Yeah. So for four months, I haven't, I haven't drank anything for four months and dude, I'm a beer I'm a beer guy at heart. Like you're a Bud Light dude. Bud Light, tall boy, man. Sixteen. Yeah. My dad. He asked me. He's like, "What do you want for your birthday?" I was sixteen. I was like, "I want to drink beer with you." And he's like, "Okay." <laughs> so we went and got a six pack of Tall Boys Bud Light. And people give me shit all the time. Like, why? Why you drink Bud Light? I'm like, "Cause my fucking dad drinks Bud Light." You know? Yeah. So uh, we sat down and <laughs> I drank four and he drank two to finish out the six pack. He's like, well, goddamn, boy! <laughs> like, what, what's going on? <laughs> but, um, but, dude, I I have consistently drank beer for uh, for a long time. You know, there's been a couple times, a few months, I quit drinking beer, but um, it's kind of ingrained in your identity. It's almost like um, that that little tag to let people know, like, hey, I'm a normal dude. You know, like right. I drink beer. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, then you're not a tight, the uptight fuck. You know, like. Right. So, and everybody has those things they do like, oh, I have a tattoo or, oh, I'll, I'll slip the F word into a conversation just so you know I'm not a pompous prick, you know? <laughs> and for me, I think like, you know, I just, over time, um, I thought a couple different times about, you know, if I, if I didn't drink beer, like, what would it be like? And it kind of scared me because I was like, I don't know what I would look forward to. And I've, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't have a dependency but my relationship with it changed over the years, you know, and I realized that I was just getting something different out of it than I did years ago. And I had no problem. Like we, I, my, my last beer was a Guinness in Ireland. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to shut, it, so, yeah, man, was, to shut beer, it down. Yeah, dude, it was a Guinness in Ireland. Does it I, taste different over there? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, so you, was, Logan was talking oh, about that. They, I, don't, they don't use uh because they 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 pump it they don't they don't use uh nitrogen right because it comes it comes from downstairs what and they use like these fucking pumps right it takes like <laughs> two of them two like or three well? pumps to fill to fill a to fill a glass right so that they they fill the glass and then there's a sizable amount of head on it right yeah and then they let it sit for probably three minutes three or four minutes before they give it to you it it comes down and then they fill it again and then there's a little bit of head and then they give it to you it is so good really it's indescribable you've had them here in america yeah and it's different and it's it's different it's just there i drank more that's all i drank over there and i'm putting down beer with julie i'm like how am i not just destroyed right now like, yeah i just drank a lot of beer mm -hmm. but it just hits you different you know and uh it's so interesting. Yeah. But coming back from there, you know, I'm like, we don't have anything going on for a few weeks. It'd be it'd be easy to uh, uh, it'd be easy to not drink beer for the next couple weekends. And then once I made it past the two week mark, I'm like, I'm just I'm not putting a date on it. Yeah. You know, maybe might go on vacation, and I'm like, hey, I'll have a beer. But I just if I put a date on it, I'll go way too off the deep end with it and if i don't put a date on it i'll just it's not a big deal if i decide to drink one but it's it's just it's so interesting uh it, it's funny i spend all day trying to eat healthy right try to work out eat healthy and then i come home and i have some cocktails and it's like wow like 
first of all, you're trading, I'm trading off that. I'm like, I'm trying to be carb conscious throughout the day because I know I'm going to consume them in the evening. But um, it is funny how it's a crutch. Like I look forward to, I structure my workouts around alcohol. Yeah, yeah, it, for sure. It, it makes you sound like, well, I really, I swear, I swear to God, like um, it, people will text me, what's up Cavalier? You want to grab a beer after work? I will like force myself to go to the gym first. And then it's, you know, there's been times where, cause I know once I start drinking, obviously the, the workout's not going to happen. Yeah. And I feel like a piece of shit if I don't do, I, I just have to move. So now my morning workouts are anytime I can force myself to get up and go to the gym before work. It's like such a relaxing thing because I've already earned it. I get off work and now I can consume. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would always try to like get that workout in before I can meet up with people, which I'm late everywhere regardless but God, now i'm even super late it's like cuban time but it kills me how I, fucking late you are i know it <laughs> everywhere does. dude are you the early guy i'm everything's on time yeah i live my life yeah like if I, we're supposed to meet at three i'm there 250 yeah i it's not, here i roll in like half hour late like sup guys oh, no, that, i sat here and drank beer in my professional life i'm very punctual because i have to be same right. here, dude but uh but in personal it, it can get pretty Dude, bad. my fucking girlfriend, late for everything, and I think that's the only. I mean, that's why we fight. Is I'll be ready to go. Like, hey, we're leaving at two thirty, right? Yep. Okay. Fuck two fifteen. I'm ready to rock, waiting for her, and it's two thirty, two thirty five, and I'm like, hey, stop fucking hovering me. I'm finishing up. Yeah. That fucking drives me <laughs> so nuts, dude. Time is like the one that. And then when she's ready, and you put your shoes on, come on, let's go, oh let's go. Why are your shoes on? Can't push a woman, man. Yeah. Don't ever try. It's just interesting, Matt, because like uh, I have I have a, a couple that I'm really, really, some of my friends are Mormon. So obviously they don't consume alcohol as part of their religious beliefs. Um, and it's fun to see them. They have just as much fun, if not more fun, than everybody at the party and they're stone cold sober. Keep in mind they're getting hopped up on Diet Cokes. Yeah. Like they've had about 12 Diet Cokes. I'm <laughs> yep. like, I think I'd be a pretty good time yeah. if I had 12 Diet Cokes. But uh, no, it's just funny. Like they don't need it as a crutch and they, they still want to have fun. They still want to dance. They still want to socialize. Where me, I show up to a party and I'm like, oof, I better hit that, hit that bar and pound a couple beers before I, you know, yeah. let alone hit the dance floor. I mean, it takes, it takes a whole night of drinking before I have the courage to get out there. It's just interesting that, uh, it's a, it's a crutch. Um, and it's also kind of the, the calorie intake part of it. It's tough too, because I read something the other day and it said, how unhealthy is our society that if you tell someone you don't drink, they assume you're a recovering alcoholic. Isn't that crazy? Right? And, yeah. and it's true. And, um, so unhealthy, right? And I also think, and this is honestly, this is the first conversation I've had about not drinking because I'm not, you know, beating the Bible. And I, I, I couldn't care less who does what. And I really don't even understand why I'm doing this. You know, it's just. <laughs> you okay, don't have to. Yeah, man. it's just like, okay, I'm going to give it a, it's, it's just, it's a challenge. You know, it's something that I didn't know if I could do. And, but um, it, it's tough because I feel like unless you are an alcoholic or unless you have a dependency, unless you're in that extreme, then alcohol is a good thing in your life. And there's so many stages between. And I think for me, it was, um, you know, I, I built my life around it. And I really noticed that after about a month, I'm like, dude, some of the shit that I really invested time in, I didn't really care about that thing. Yeah. I just, Hey, let's go get, let's go get drunk. And you know, 
I never get sloppy drunk. I like you said, I don't drink liquor. I haven't drank liquor in like six or seven years, but yeah, I don't know, man. It, it was easy for me to let go, and nothing. I I knew this. I knew this. Nothing bad could happen from not drinking. Yeah. If anything happened, it would only be good. Have you been in any social settings since then where you were really itching for it or that made it harder or that you just wanted to enjoy one and then you you questioned what you were doing? Not really because honestly, I don't think like at my at my core, I don't think I really wanted wanted to you know yeah. i just did that's it's at, weird like at, at christmas when i was everyone else yeah well, at christmas when i was drinking beers in front of you at no point did you want to grab one well i mean if you get to family functions and stuff like last weekend i'm an only child my wife or my wife is one of nine <sighs> so when you have like family Perfect christmas match. there yeah yeah family christmas you know it's it, you get everybody together and you're staying up late and hanging out and there's times where i knew that uh that my tendency would be to, to drink a couple beers, but I think just not. And then if I'm ready to go to bed, I'll go to bed. And I woke up, I was the first one awake. I went to the gym and I, I just felt good, you know, and I came back and we had breakfast, but I, I honestly, it's crazy to me. I've never really itched about hmm. doing it. And I should say this, I guess it kind of started. There's a guy that goes to the gym, you know who he is. Um, Big tatted up fucker, big beard, just a, a huge personality. Yeah. I knew him from six, seven years ago, just a complete dick, drunk. We had words a couple times at the bar. Him and Julie had words. We joined the gym and um, we get along great. And he told me after about three or four months, he's like, yeah, I'm five years sober. And I just remember thinking like, you have all this personality and this interest in life and you're taking care of yourself and you look awesome and you get along with everyone and you're just a completely different person than the last time I saw you and and he's five years sober and I think that really encouraged me to just see life without booze in a different light, you know? So Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't want this to turn into a big like no, a, no, you no. know, a, an effort to get everybody sober. No, yeah, like, you're not, not what you're not was. gonna convince me. Yeah. Man. So it's just <laughs> I'm gonna keep uh, I'm gonna keep drinking. Yeah. I'm gonna keep drinking. Yeah. I enjoy it. But I think moderation's important. But I, I, I just yeah, I, I thought that was cool. Is it is it did it start as a um is it helping you, I guess, with your your training? It's got to, right? Oh yeah. You know, I um you know, this meet that I have in end of March, um, I'll probably get last. Like I said, it's, you know, I, I just, it's something to keep me. I, I thought if I'm not drinking, I may as well pair it with some kind of a program. Yeah. You know, I'm, I may as well take advantage of the early morning alertness. So it's, it's been going, it's probably the most consistent I've ever been. Do you think um, you sleep better? Oh yeah. I bet yep. you probably start dreaming again. Yeah. It's, it's weird. All the little things, you know, uh, my attention. My time with my kids, dude, it's tough to talk about that because you realize being a dad, how much that, I don't want to say like Rob robbed you, it, it did, but you know, I, I get to spend a lot of time with my kids and I realize a lot of the time that I spent with them really wasn't as quality as it could have been. Really? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's deep. Know. Yeah. So now, now it's, you know, it's better and I would always say that I'm a a good dad, even from the day they were born, but it's just a different relationship yeah, with my kids now. That's important. Can you talk about your fucking flip phone there, bud? <laughs> I love this about you. What's a red button on the side? Oh, you don't want to push that. I don't even know. Let's oh, see. don't push it. Find out. It'll blow up. Um, it's going to call the cops. It doesn't do anything. Oh, okay. It's just a, it's a, it's a dummy button. Oh. 
Yeah, push it three times and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. they trusted you with the launch codes or some shit. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, <laughs> There's I some country in Europe that now has Just population <laughs> zero. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't we didn't think you'd push it. So now you you uh I mumbling here, but uh I spend a ridiculous amount of time. How, 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 Logan, how many hours do you spend on Facebook a day? I don't know, but Twitter when, for we, you. when we go out to eat or grab a beer or something like that and conversation dies for four seconds i mean it's it's out look at what's your screen time let's look at it okay go into your settings see what your screen time is for a day i so we've tried this before and first I of all guess what it is i, I don't oh, i don't have I, the, uh, I don't even know how i don't to. think i have it set up we've tried this before i think on iphones you go into settings and then it says screen time is one of the first things you can do so uh settings i'll just google or, or go to your setting is that an iphone yeah just open your settings yeah see i don't i don't have it set up Five hours a day. Oh, my God. <laughs> How sad is that? Hey, but it's down 27% from last week. See? Why do you think? That can't be right. Daily average. Yes. I what is that? Uh, that's got to be some kind of fuck up there. My daily average is 21 hours, 44 minutes. Now there's got to be a mess up there. Yeah. I'm on my phone all day. What's it? Today is 14 hours. I don't know. That's got to have some kind of thing. Like, <laughs> no, that can't be right. Come on, there's Steve no, Jobs. I've never seen that. I didn't did have mine yeah. set up. I would, I would guess um, between, is that just like social media or is that? It's from what I understand, it's anytime you're actively <clears throat> touching the screen. So like if you have Spotify playing, it doesn't count that. Okay. So I was going to say, Constantly, I would say probably from the minute I wake up to the minute I go to bed. Well, I, I FaceTime every night. The old lady's down in Austin finish, finishing up her PhD, so we FaceTime. So ex excluding that, maybe two hours, maybe probably a bit. When you told me about it, when you told about you were you were giving up your iPhone for this. This looks like something. Uh, it's, it's a weapon. <laughs> Dude, I did it for a while. It was great. No email. It looks like it's nothing. ballistic military grade. <laughs> but um, I noticed it. Like when I go to Hy-Vee, the grocery store, and I'm checking out, 30 seconds. If there's 30 seconds of my day where I'm not stimulated by talking to people, boom, apps, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Like, like I'm too cool just to stand there and be like present present in the world dude it's crazy but I, I love observing just, you do oh so when, watching when you're in a when you're in a store waiting in line you don't pull out your phone you just hang you just relax yeah, I, I just kind of look around and observe people i bet you it's 10 seconds that's what i mean like for me is it, is it is it worth but is it worth pulling your phone out and fucking around for uh two minutes or you could like be like whoa look at that dude over there or, <laughs> If, I, if I'm in, <laughs> if I'm in Walmart, if I'm in Walmart, I can't pull it out just because I have to be at high alert. Yeah. You get more good, cringy content just being at Walmart than being on your phone. That's what I'm saying, oh. man. I love it. 
My, my joke about Walmart, that is, if you just dimmed the lights and added some fog and some strobes, it'd be a haunted house. <laughs> the only reason it's not the most terrifying experience of your life is it's bri- it has yeah. bright lights. Oh, dude. Change those things, and it's the most fucked up haunted house you've ever been to. It's been, prob- it's been probably three years since I've been in a Walmart. Couldn't tell you last time. Oh, it's not worth it. No. It's not worth it to do it. Getting goes too. I don't go into getting goes yeah. from Walmarts, dude. That's the armpit of the. Family. It is, and everybody's got Cookie Monster uh, 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 jammies on. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Crocs too. I know Logan's a big Croc guy, but I think every place I go, I'm the most like bum looking person. And when you go into a Walmart, You're the aristocrat, they, they impress me. Oh yeah, every time. Why is it Walmart? It just uh, just attracts the interesting people of the world. I don't know. Scary. I think you could probably save some money if you shopped there. Oh, it's a value. They used to have all their FedEx stores. They're closing them down now, but they used to have all the FedEx stores there, and I could use that for my my drop offs and pickups for, for the, the medical device stuff. So I'd be there every day. Um, I hated it. I I'd strategically there's there's one in West Des Moines, a FedEx separate store, and one downtown. Strategically planned my day around it so I didn't have to interact with a Walmart. Ugh. I hate it. Dude, and it, it's it's a double edged sword because if I worked at Walmart, I would hate working there. Yeah. yeah. So then I walk in and I interact with someone who hates working there, yeah. and then I get pissed. I'm like, yeah. "Do your job." I'm like, Dude, "If I worked there, I would probably be the exact same attitude they yeah. have." I don't know. I I come into a lot of things pretty chipper and giddy. <laughs> I'd be running that bitch in a year. <laughs> <laughs> Employee of the month. I'd have pins. You'd and, be the most annoying fucking Walmart employee yeah, ever. Yeah. You almost go in there knowing that no one's going to talk to you. And then if somebody does, you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> freaking, Austin? Freaking people out. <laughs> are you guys eating clean right now too? Um, I mean, we don't. That's that's one thing of our lives. It's just, especially having kids, dude. Yeah, it's it's I, fucking I tough. horrible. Yeah. And um, we're, we're sporadic. Our life is sporadic. Julie is... Uh, Julie is a completely different breed of person than me. Like if she's, if she's full, she'll stop eating. Yeah. I, I don't. I'm a pig. Yeah, dude. If she's, if she's not hungry, she won't eat. And she'll, I'll be like, Hey, do you want some of this? She'll say no. And I was brought up, you know, like eating was an event. Like it would, when I would wake up, I'd get ready for school and mom be like, what do you want for dinner? Hell yeah. As I'm eating breakfast, you know? (laughs) And and it was uh, food for me and, you see that a lot in culture, like uh, Italians. They're it's it's bred in the culture. Like, so food dinner is a four hour event. Yeah, right? and it's family time. You know, growing yeah. up, like we always ate dinner at the table, and it was just it was a family scenario, and I loved it. I and um, that was with uh, working there at the gym, and um, you know we're back and forth so often. So dinner is like, hey, what do you want for dinner? And it it becomes an event, but. She has the ability to say, no, I'm done. And I'm just like, I'll, I'll eat it all. Man, I didn't even think about this, but you, are we need to cut this short for your workout class? I got to be a quarter till is when I got to leave by. What okay. time is it? 426. We'll get some time. Got a few minutes? Yeah. All right. I think I, I went I went to one of your parties in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Me and Ryan were, uh, me and Webb were boys. I think... I think it was your house. I went to a party with Ryan. You threw some parties, bud? Thanks for yeah. the invite, fuckers. I wasn't cool. I can't, I can't remember because I didn't really know you. Know, you know what I mean? But, 
I'm, I'm 90. I'm trying to remember. I mean, obviously this was a long time ago. Did you live somewhere maybe over by like Nordville or something maybe? Well, I, I'm trying to remember now. I lived. It would have been, when did Ryan pass away? 2008. So that would have been 2005. I lived in East Des Moines. Um, Which probably would have been about the time. So I had a, I rented a little house with a friend there. Um, But most of the parties and stuff, if it wasn't in high school, that was where the Ragers were. I think it wasn't. I think I lived out in Runnels on a gravel road and they were all at a big pond way out behind our house. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't. Where the fuck's house was? I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm off. Yeah, that's, that was, uh, that's enough. Most of the people who, you know, I reconnect with, they come to the gym and they, I knew them in high school. They're like, what happened? <laughs> so some of your humor is, is found throughout the gym. I've, I posted some of it like on my story, your, uh, your response to forcing people to wipe their shit down, like their equipment down. What does it say? I, um, something about the Everclear thing. Oh, COVID? Yeah. What? It, said, it was when COVID-19, it said, um, I didn't survive uh, I didn't survive drinking Everclear in a cornfield in high school to get taken out by a virus named after a fucking beer. Something like that. It says that, that in the gym, like, <laughs> which you, you could have just put signs up that said, please wipe down your equipment, COVID-19. No. no, that's your humor that's found throughout the gym. Yeah. That's what I love about it, man. You go out there and it's like, that's fucking hilarious. You walk, like I said, you walk in and you're going to know after a couple minutes if it's for you or not. Yeah. And I think that's why it, it's pretty, we've had some, obviously some hiccups over the years, but it's, it's pretty, pretty pain-free. Because, you know, it would be your own fucking fault if three months into your gym membership, you're surprised by something. <laughs> you know, like, right. what? Yeah, they yeah. said that? Yeah. They did that? I'm like, did you? That, I did that the first day you're here. It was it was so funny. Uh, Bailey was trying to teach me kettlebell swings, which my kettlebell swings uh, looks like. They're getting better. They're getting better. Really? Yep, That's yeah, saying something. Giant fucking gorilla. So uh, I was in a Julie class. And she's like, did you take Matt's introduction thing where he trains you how to do? Because I was asking her like, hey, Julie, like, I, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. I'm swinging these kettlebells. And she asked me if I took your introductory course. And I said, no, my exact words, I think, were like, fuck off, get away from me. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I am I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, it's, it's like when uh, Ron Swanson walks into a Home Depot. He's like, I know more, <laughs> I know more than you. Yeah. <laughs> my pride got in the way, clearly. And, and I, I think I might have offended her for a second when I said that. But, uh, but yeah, I need to pull you aside and learn how to swing a fucking kettlebell. Yep. We'll it's get just there. crazy. It, your ego can get in the way of, of improvement a lot. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's I still can't swing it. I, I have a question since you obviously are close to them. So the first how my first house I ever actually bought was in Bonrant. It was across the development across from the gym, kind of or newer houses, but they're just little shit shitty they're new houses but they're cheap you yep. know what i mean and uh bonnerant was growing but at bonnerant wasn't bonnerant today do you think bonnerant would be what it is today without uh the folks at no way no right? no way That's not even close yeah you know and i think um it, it would it's hard to see like how deep they leak into the community um, in the efforts, um, 
It's been hard over the years sitting back and watching sour fucks on social media just rip them apart and their integrity on certain things just because they're mad that they won they won money, you know, and people who've known them for a long time, I've heard time and time again, if it if the money should have went to anybody, it should have went to them. And um, you know, they're like, We just we just uh we could have went and bought an island. <laughs> And moved right. out of here. They could, they honestly, they could have done that and they didn't, but um, there's no way to measure how deep their impact has made its way in. We're talking about the lottery winners that yeah. helped build the gym and the grocery store correct. and Bondurant. Just want to clarify. Yep, correct. Um, you know, they, there's no way to measure that. And it's no coincidence that the turning point and the explosion of growth happened whether or not it was directly from what they did or just a renewed um, value that people had in their own community, you know, like it's, they, they see all these things happening and it's that pride. And then you are willing to do more for your own community. It it like shocked the community. I I was not involved with it before the gym, but it seems like it shocked it back into life, you know, and some people like it. Some people don't, you know, you get a lot of people, been there for a long time they don't like change and i can totally respect that but i to answer your question i don't think it would be anywhere close to what it is without them yeah that's what i figured if you won a hundred million dollars tomorrow what's the first thing you do matt i've I've thought about i've honestly i've thought about this (laughs) and it's easy to say this now okay everybody has their thing yeah i would uh i would FedEx fucking FedEx <laughs> I would try to zero out the debt for you know our our immediate family yeah and then I'd fucking give it away I don't what I would don't here's what I've here's what I've seen fuck you no for real here's you what I've fucking seen. full of shit here here's what I've seen I've seen the the blessing that it can bring and also the curse and I wouldn't trust myself to have access to that money and oh. still be a productive person. Oh, it'd ruin you. It would. And it I would could. I would see it I would see it being a chance to wipe the slate clean and now I have to get back to work. <laughs> you know, can't cancel out the debt. You got to keep on keeping on for a purpose. For you, real. Everybody man. has to wake up for a purpose. People retire and they, they're like, they can't do it. They got to go. They'll, they'll get a job at Walmart just to interact with people, have a purpose, have a schedule. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be ripping it hard for about. Yeah, what are you talking <laughs> yeah. about, dude? I know you. You won't survive, dude. Yeah. You got a year in you. You think a year before I'm dead? <laughs> I would. Yeah, that's, that's what I'd say. Now, no, I don't know that it's, it, I think kids change the perspective a lot when, oh, you have yeah. people, when you have people that are dependent on you. I think your answer becomes much more logical and, and real. I think the fact that I don't have kids yet, I think, I think Logan and I would, we'd, we'd travel the world for a few months yeah. and just throttle it. I'd, I'd probably just buy some sort of golf course resort deal. And is that your dream just to run a, a golf course? Yeah. Really? Go out there have the first tee time of every day, play 18 just hang out and greet people in the golf course, yeah. make sure everything. You'd want to own it and run it, though. I would have someone a lot smarter than me in charge of running it. Gotcha. I'd make sure everyone's happy, all the customers are enjoying themselves. I'd run that side of it. Nice. I feel like it'd be a happy, happy job. I'd, you know? It'd probably be a good investment because yeah. it, it, it generates some wealth for you, probably. 
I wouldn't, I mean, I would invest everything for future, you know, huh. generational wealth, invest that and I'd take, you know, the 20 million or whatever. And it's, it's funny. That. Like, uh, we've talked about this in the show a few times, but it's like, it's crazy how fast a hundred million could burn. Oh, dude. dude. Like, uh, you can't even, if you have, if you have a hundred million dollars, you really can't even have a, a jet. Did you know that no. T-Pain is broke? Yeah. It's easy to do. And you have these people, Mike Tyson, he said, he, I mean, the- They burned the, it. The people that get close to you when you have that money, it it's just, I get sick to my stomach if I like abuse a hundred bucks. Yeah. I do. I really do. Like, and- to know that some of those people go through tens of millions of dollars and they're just misguided and ill-informed. I just do. I do not trust myself. When you buy a jet and then you realize you got to pay taxes and stuff. Yeah, that's well, I, I think a lot of them also, you, you definitely see it in athletes as well, is they're coming from a uneducated, never had a single penny to their name. No one in their family has ever had a single penny to their name. They get a signing bonus to go play in the NFL. They get a million dollars. First thing they do is go out and buy Bentley for $600,000. Got a stunt. And, and after after taxes, they realize, you know, oh, I owe $400,000 to taxes. I only have $350,000 left. I'm already in the hole just for my signing bonus. Done. I mean, it, yeah. Probably one of the coolest stories is Shaq. Yeah. You know, if you listen to some of his backstory and his responsibility to his family, his, um, what he did, how he lawyered up and got guidance right from the start, like that dude is a picture perfect example of how to do it right coming from nothing. You yeah. Know? Yep. That's awesome. Well, you got to get out of here in about 10 minutes. We got to do our closing remarks. Unless you have anything else to say. Thanks for asking me to come over. Dude, yeah, you're you're a cool dude. You're a cool dude to have on a podcast. Um, what are some of the things we ask, Logan? Uh, about the eggs? Yeah. That's what you got to start with the eggs, right? Yeah, do it. You a big egg guy? You eat a lot of eggs? I do. I, I wouldn't say I eat a lot, but I love eggs. What's your stance on a deviled egg? Oh, it's grown over the years, man. It's grown. <laughs> I used to want to punch people in the face. Really? brought deviled eggs oh, to the family no. functions, man. And now... I'll put them down. Yeah. My son love, will love deviled eggs. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. So if you were walking down an alley of Bondurant <laughs> and uh, you saw like a really nice Tupperware container filled with them closed on top of a dumpster, do you investigate and partake or oh, no. <laughs> you keep walking? Huh? Fuck no. See, Logan and I would, would, would sit there and just knock them out. <laughs> You grody fuck. Yeah, there's 12 eggs there. I get six. Logan gets six. We'd, we'd knock them out. Do they have to be refrigerated? Well, that's a there's, thing. There's like multiple things that's wrong with that. So I asked a bunch of questions. I asked the temperature, temperature outside, you know, is it one of those containers where the bottom, they have the cooling underneath, so they're nice and chilled. I think I'd take the risk. <laughs> I asked a bunch of questions before I I answered. eat gas station eggs. Dude, that freaks me out. Dude, they're so hard. Yeah. Full of preservatives. Oh, man. I thought I'd be good and be healthy one day and get a gas station egg. And it was like, you know, when you have the bad chicken sandwich and it's like, yeah, it's like you're biting on a piece of rubber. That's a gas station. Egg. I buy, I buy them at Hy-Vee pre-done. I like got the grocery store. Mm -hmm. I don't even hard boil my own eggs. That's how sad I am. You are sad. <laughs> it's not even like, it's not even something you can brag about. You know, I bought pre-hard boiled eggs. Like. But it's it's still sad. That's the first thing most kids learn to do growing up is how to make eggs. Yeah. 
I skipped that step. <laughs> I don't eat eggs. Would you rather have uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex arms or flamingo legs? Oh, flamingo legs all day long. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Put yeah. pants on. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I can't think of any. Who would say T-Rex arms? Who? Nick. Nick Panero said he wanted T-Rex arms. No. He said, I'd be jacked. <laughs> I think he wants that doesn't big. surprise me. And then he doesn't want chicken legs. I think his, his I think his uh I think he said his 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 penis would be smaller too. Yes. He's like if I if I have a flamingo, it's it's the lower half, man. I'm giving up my 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 wiener. And I'm like, ah, no, I think that still stays. It's just the thin legs. legs would make the dick look big. That's that's, that's what I there's like, another yeah. Old boy's got a hog next yeah. to him. <laughs> flamingo leg, <laughs> no. man. Yeah. You got any other cool things to ask, Matt? Not really, man. I, Where do we find you? Uh, Brickhouse Fitness in Bondurant, Iowa. Mm-hmm. On the Instagrams. <clears throat> yep. What's your body temper deal? Where, where do people find you for body tempering? Um, bodytemperiowa.com or Instagram is bodytemperiowa. You got to go do it, Logan. It's the best deep tissue massage. I mean, I, I'm not trying to reference that, Matt, but it's like it's the best deep tissue massage you've ever had. I should get one before vacation here in two weeks. It's like a deep tissue massage throttled to the wall. Yeah, I should. With a bearded dude with tattoos. Yeah, I'll breathe do, on you. Do I have to get naked? Do I get naked or what you do can. you? You can if you want. Yeah. You'd be the first. Oh, okay. What did you, what did Fully you wear? Fully closed. Closed on. Just, Fully closed. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Lights on, closed on. It's more of like a athletic meeting with an athletic trainer than it is. No spa music. I'm just so scared to do all that because of my shoulders. Oh, let him jam that shit in there. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. We could do your butt talks. We don't <laughs> have to would, do the shoulders. Would, would, would you do something? I, I mean, mean we, both, we, we, both we, my cuffs are torn. Yeah, I would, so probably, would, you just stay I would away? probably stay away from those. Okay. You know. He's got torn cuffs. <laughs> yeah. That's what you know, you do, you do have out. the flamingo legs we can work on. Right. You know, I don't have to do arms. Right. Well, I got a golf trip in two weeks. I could maybe, yeah, the, maybe the old lower back could use a little. Temper a lot of golfers. Be good. Cool. All right, Matt Salampa, Brickhouse Fitness and Body Temper Iowa. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for coming, buddy. Thanks, yeah. guys. Cheers.